Welcome to the first episode of the GA and Gym podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn and I am your host for this here. Um, this is actually pretty cool. It's the first podcast uh, we've done and um, I'm excited for it, but uh, a bit nervous. I haven't done anything like this before, so I'm hoping it's going to go good. Um, basically, the plan for this podcast is want to chat about everything gym related uh, with regards to Gaelic because it's got such a positive feedback through my Instagram on, on Quinn Strength Conditioning and uh, through the YouTube. So I think it's something that that could definitely could definitely be beneficial to people. And I think podcasts, I know I love them. I know a lot of other people do. So I'm hoping some people will find this useful. Um, my plan over the next while is to get some guests on this year, mostly uh, people within the GAA, and basically chat about training, chat about their backgrounds, and try and just get some information from them. But more than anything, chat about the shit and have a bit of crack. Um, so this first episode starting it off pretty simple. We're just doing a Q and A. So I put out um, on my Instagram the other day uh, asking for some questions and got actually a good range of questions here. It's actually a good one to start off because it goes through a bit about myself, a bit about training, and then um, uh, GA training more specifically. So I think it's going to be an interesting one. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. So the first question is like, what made me get into training and what made me get into to strength conditioning and um, yeah, I was very fortunate. I had two older brothers that uh, were very much into gym training. And being the younger brother, you're very impressionable, um, especially for, for the older people in your family. And when I seen them lifting and going to the gym and enjoying it, I just, before I even done it, I knew it was something I wanted to do. And um, I really remember one moment where they, they came back from the gym and they were chatting about deadlifting. And I could have only been young at the time, but like I distinctly remember feeling that like I wanted to have that feeling that they were chatting about where they were they were chatting about each other hitting a new PB in the deadlift and I wanted that there and um, ever since then I was just eager to get that training um, and then once I got into training I started to see how it was changing me how it was making me more confident how it was changing my body how I was feeling different on the Gaelic pitch I just it became a complete passion of mine and you know from the age of 14 15 i just became obsessed with it um like i remember going to to school uh on the bus when i was like third or fourth year and reading an ebook mike boyle's strength conditioning ebook um reading periodization books and stuff when i was 14 15 16 it's just always been something that has i've been really interested and passionate about and it all really came from from my two, two older brothers, you know, and I, I think it's always you're you're trying to emulate them as much as you can, and I think that's what I'm still trying to do. Um, so that's really what got me into it. And then once I got into it, it was it was really an addiction. I couldn't leave it then, um, and it still is to this day. And now I'm in a very fortunate position where I get to help people in my gym and uh, through social media as well. So it's it's pretty cool. Like, um, so yeah, that that's really the story of how I got into it. I suppose that ties in the next question, like who was my childhood heroes? And it was probably like obviously uh, family members. So my, my brothers were two people that I always looked up to and wanted to try to be like. And um, that was a big thing when it came to gym training. And then, you know, I think back and like through through sports and through films, like I remember sitting watching Rocky films on the video back when everybody was there and how they rewind it. Constantly had Rocky Four on a loop. Um where he was doing the training in fucking Russia and it was like that there was the stuff I grew up watching and that was um that was massive, you know, like uh Sylvester Sloan, Arnie, all these guys. That's what I was watching, then seeing my older brothers playing sport and, and lifting and 
you know from that point on that was that was me like um and then again ties in the next question I started the gym when I was probably about 14. Um, I actually remember it pretty well because I was boxing at the time and ended up hurting my ankle playing Gaelic and I couldn't do, I couldn't actually really do any any boxing. Um, so my brother took me to the gym and I remember he sat me down on the bench and uh, was like, let's see what you can lift. And I think I was 14 and done 40K on the bench and felt like I was uh, summed out a West Side barbell. I was, I was impressing myself. And as time went on, I realized that wasn't that impressive. But um, that's when I really got into it. And then, you know, I never really let go of it since that point. Like, I think probably every week of my life since I've done something in the gym um, since that point. Like, uh, And then getting into the next question about what was the biggest lifts I've had. Um, like, I wouldn't be a massively strong person, but I think uh, I try and tie it all in together so that I'm getting a good mix of strength, uh aesthetics and and performance so maybe that's just me making an excuse for not being too strong but uh that's why i'm probably not as strong as it could be so uh, my max bench i got up to one 120 on the bench uh deadlift 180 and squat was 140 um so like with those numbers i would i would love to get the deadlift and squat up a lot more over the next while especially over the next season i think one of the things i struggle with is i'm naturally quite lanky which makes it makes squatting just difficult for me um and then with football i just probably haven't put enough time in it as i would have liked to so that's really my goals for next year is to build up the squat and deadlift a lot um because i think improving that will definitely improve my performance in the pitch or at least it'll help a bit anyway um next question is do i prefer the gym or or pitch work and it's a weird one like i, I like i love the gym i love being in the gym it's just a it's it's a different feeling whenever you're in here training and you're focused at it, or whenever I'm in here working, there's people and enjoying themselves. It's an amazing feeling. Um, when you're out on the pitch, it's it's different. I love being part of the team. Uh, I love whenever you're winning. I love working on tactical things. You know, so it's very difficult for me to pick one or the other. Um, I love now that I'm able to kind of cross them both over, but very difficult to pick one or the other for me. But uh, I think Jim will always be present. For the remaining years of my life, Gaelic probably in time will will fizzle out um, as work happens and move away or whatever. But um, I think the gym will always be there. Um, so tips for new PTs. I'm a bit uh, cautious about giving any advice here because I've really only been in the personal training industry like officially for really probably a year, year and a half. Before that, I'd always been working in gyms, you know, probably since I was about 16 or 17, you know, working at gym receptions, uh, working in local gyms, just watching coaches, but really when I've been doing PT for the past year, and yeah, it has it has gone really well, and it kind of exploded to the point where, like, I've, I've got a gym and all now, which is cool, but um, I think all I would say to anyone that's starting in is the advice I got, which was try and get good mentors, um, get good people to try and emulate and get advice off because it's better than any course you can go on it's better than any book you can read you know practical experience and experience from people that you would like to to be like is is so so important and I was really lucky I had um some great mentors like two older brothers were brilliant in that respect and then I was able to work with Damien McElroy who was uh big in with strong first and learned a lot with him then worked with uh Finbar Tulin uh, up in Belfast at Virtue and learned a serious amount from him not just gym related but business related which massively helped me um 
here now, QSC, and then over the past year I've been doing my internship with John McMahon at uh, the RGA, and uh, what I've learned there in the past you know, year has has kind of blown my mind. Um, I thought I knew a lot about training until I went there, and uh, it's really just opened everything up to me. I've started to go down the rabbit hole in a few different things, and the further you go in the rabbit hole, the more you realize you don't actually have a clue about any of this training. Um, and, that, and that takes me on to the next next question. What was my biggest takeaways from working with, with Dairy GAA? So, and that's not aware, I was doing an internship with uh, Dairy GAA um, in their strength conditioning department under John McMahon. Um, I'm not lying, before I went up, I, I didn't know too much about John. I didn't know too much about what was happening in Dairy with regards to strength conditioning. Um, and I probably went up thinking I was maybe a wee bit better than what I was because I had the gym, I was there by myself. So, you know, when you're in a place by yourself, you you kind of think you know a lot. When I started talking to John, I realized I really didn't. Um, and probably the biggest takeaways I learned was that, number one, you you can always learn more about something. You know, you, you sometimes think you have an idea about it, but once you start to dwell into it a wee bit more, you realize you don't have a clue. You know, I was going up thinking about fitness in a very simple way, and then John was breaking it down into different energy systems and how you train for that. And that really changed my mind about energy system development and, and what's important for, for training, especially Gaelic. And then, um, you know, in terms of skill acquisition, so whenever you're learning new skills, it has to be in some way specific to the sport that you're playing. So, like, you know, mostly times at Gaelic, you go down, you do your shit and drill, it's unopposed, and you're feeling great, you're having a bit of crack and a laugh. But how much does that actually transfer over to your game? Because... In a game, you're usually wrecked. You have a man coming on to you. There's so many other pressures around, and it's a very different scenario to what we typically train. So one of the things that you know John instilled and a couple of other coaches that were there was that you have to practice a skill as as closely relatable to how it's going to be performed in a game. Um, so that was huge for me. And then probably the last thing was that strength isn't the be all and end all of of training. Um, I think that's one thing I thought was that, you know, if you could just get somebody stronger, that that would solve all the problems in the world. But I think now I realize that's not the case at all. There's so many other factors that go into it. And um, I think it's only when you start to see, see it being done with athletes in a large setting, whenever you start to read a bit more about it, and as I say, go down the rabbit hole a bit more, you realize that strength training is is really only a small part of, of what should be should be done in the program and um it's something i'm trying to integrate now more with myself and with my clients but um that was eye-opening for me really was um next question is is kind of more related to to training to diet um that first two bit was about me i think it was good to get that out there might have been a bit selfish but fuck you yeah i listened to it um next is 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 diet so sticking to a diet is a song that i i struggle with um I never, like, I never really been on a diet as such. I, I, I monitor my calories. I keep them at a certain level. Um, and yeah, it is at, at times it's hard, but I, for myself, I try and apply a kind of 80-20 rule where if I'm eating good, you know, 80% of the time, which I do, I'm not all that bothered if I have something bad, you know, at the weekend or maybe go out at the weekend. If I can get a majority of it good, then I can live with that there. I know that I'm going to do a good bit of training to kind of make up for it, but I think if I was to try to stick to a really strict diet, like if I was preparing for a bodybuilding show, which I'm not doing, but if I was to do something like that, I would really struggle. I know I would. Um, I think 
with diet it has to be somewhat sustainable and somewhat realistic especially if you're just an average person or someone that's playing football you can't have a crazy diet it has to be something that's that's realistic and sustainable and for me and for a lot of my clients we find that to be um counting calories staying within a calorie number uh and just tracking it you be more accountable that way you have a structure that you can change things off then but um that for me was was the kind of easiest thing to start with and it makes it easier to keep the diet um nutrition for rehab so the question was uh, i've done my acl do i need to change my nutrition up and i would i would say yeah definitely um if your goal is to maintain your weight or if your goal is maybe to lose weight and you've you've actually injured yourself your activity level is going to be lower so you want to be eating less calories to compensate for that um you know think of weight loss weight gain as energy in versus energy out so if you have had a lot of food and you're not doing a lot to burn it off that's going to be stored as excess weight so if you have an injury then yeah drop your calories down by how much it depends on what your goals are if you're looking to lose weight you're probably going to drop a wee bit more if you're looking to maintain your weight you're probably not going to drop much below your normal levels but definitely if you're rehabbing and your activity levels is a lot lower than usual drop your your calories down because your um your body will end up storing this ex- excess weight um eating before bed is, is that an issue I don't know enough about this topic to probably give a solid answer, but from my own personal experience, what I find is if I eat before bed, especially a big feed, it disturbs my sleep big time. You just don't feel good going to bed because your stomach's full. Um, and that's what's happened to me over the past while because either you may be working late and then you're going to training. By the time you get out, it's maybe half nine, ten o'clock, you have to eat a meal sitting in your stomach and it just doesn't feel good going to bed. Um, now, in terms of like, does it make a difference with weight gain, weight loss? I really doubt it. Um, you know, a lot of people say if you go to bed with a full stomach, it makes you add on weight. I don't know if that's true. I highly doubt it. But I think in terms of trying to get a good night's sleep, it's probably not the best idea. So if you can, at least give a couple of hours before you're before you're going to bed anyway. Um, next is is how do you get fit quickly? I get this question all the time on Instagram, you know, like, I've come back from an injury, how do I get fit quickly for championship? And the reality is you, you can't get fit quickly. It, it doesn't happen that way. But um, the best thing you can do, and really the only thing you can do, is be consistent with your sessions over the next while. So if you're coming back from an injury and your fitness isn't where it needs to be, there really isn't a way to speed it up. So try and just make every session you have as good as possible and string together as many of them as you can before before the championship. And... You know, you'd be surprised when you start to be consistent with it. Things start to change. You start to get fitter. But um, just going and trying to do some crazy workout maybe once a week and thinking that's going to make a difference isn't going to do anything. The key is consistency. Whether you're out working, running the road, whether you're doing tempo intervals, whether you're doing sprinting, um, if you're doing any of them to improve your fitness, it's it's doing them consistently that'll lead to results. So if you are coming back from an injury, write out a plan. It doesn't have to be anything complex. Look at the shit I put up on Instagram. Go on Google and do it consistently. And that's probably your best bet. Um, rest days before a game. This is something I, I do. Like I, I would take a rest day the day before a game. Usually I would chill out, focus on eating lots of carbs and uh, maybe do a bit of mobility. Sometimes though you might want to do a session before a game. And if I was doing that, I would be doing an upper body session. I would do maybe some sort of plyometric jumps just to sort of prime the system but I really wouldn't be doing anything uh anything too much 
like my my thinking is always you have to go into your game if that's your priority you have to go in that game feeling as fresh as possible and um for me that means taking a rest day the day before focus on eating well focus on getting a good night's sleep and focus on hydration um so now we're kind of more into the gym side of things so i thought this was a good question to jump from from club to county now just a uh my clear i do not play for dairy um so I'm maybe not in the best position to answer this question, but I have been fortunate. I've been able to watch a lot of the county players this year. And to be honest, I don't think there's maybe as big a jump as you think between club and county. I think what the big difference is, is in, yes, there is a, a, a definitely better skill set. You know, county players are going to be more skilled. Athletically, they're probably going to be a wee bit more gifted in terms of speed and fitness. But I honestly think more than anything, it's down to commitment and performing consistently well especially with your club you know if you look at who the county players are it's it's the guys that are consistently playing well for the clubs every year um and it's usually the boys that are the most committed so if you're trying to get to your county setup you know from from watching this year i would say make sure you have your skills at a decent level make sure you have your athleticism like your fitness at a good level but more than anything commit to it you know make a commitment to it Make sure your training, your nutrition, your sleeping is a priority and um, perform consistently well. I do think if you perform consistently well for your club through league, through championship, you wouldn't be far away provided you have those other assets. So I don't think the jump from club to county is as big as you think. I think it's just down to commitment and it's down to consistency. Um, what's more important to develop speed or strength? And I think you really can't separate either of those. I think they're, they're both kind of intertwined and they're both really important. So... Strength is really important for your speed. You know, you have to have a decent level of strength in order to produce the force needed for sprinting. Um, but speed is one of them things that, you know, you can be as strong as you want in the gym, but if you don't have the speed or if you can't transfer that out to a pitch, it's pointless. So my focus now is really on speed development. It's how do I get faster? Um, how can I improve my sprint mechanics? Um, what else can I do to help that? And one of the things you can do to help that is definitely strength work. But uh, I think more than anything, it's it's actually sprinting and, and sprint mechanics is the important thing for speed development. So if you're fo- trying to think about should I focus on speed or strength more, I would definitely focus on speed, focus on your running mechanics, focus on high-quality sprint work, and then uh, add in your strength work to supplement that there to help you with that. And that's really how I would develop speed, and that's how I would sort of intertwine the whole thing. Um, next question is, is GPS vest negative, you know, it was an interesting question. Is it one of them things where it's just like a fear of failure or a fear of not making good numbers that just makes you want to run more? You know, is that a good thing? Has that changed the way you're playing? And like I, I have a GPS vest that I would wear in games and I kind of do understand it because at times you think to yourself, maybe I'm just running to try and get my overall numbers up and that might not be the best idea. But I do think that when you have the GPS vest on them, you kind of get used to it. After a while, you forget about it, and your game probably won't change up all that much. Um, and I think it's really interesting when you have a GPS, if you can look back and see what sort of numbers you've done, uh, what was the difference between this game and last game, and then you can actually maybe start to work out when I play well, what's the sort of average meters I'm, I'm running, how many sprints am I doing on average. And that's, for me, where it was really interesting, where I could sort of see... When I had a good game, I'd done X, Y, and Z. When I had a bad game, I'd done this, this, and that. Um, and to me, that's what was interesting. I don't really over- care all that much about how many meters I ran or anything like that. It was just, 
how does it all fit into my performance and how does how can I use that in the next couple of weeks to, to make a change? So like a good example would be, I see that whenever I'm doing more sprints in the game, my performance is generally better. Um, so you're setting me goals in your head of like, I need to make X amount of runs for the ball in this half um, and trying to get my sprints up. And if I do that, hopefully that'll help with my overall performance. So yeah, I think G- G- GPS vests are definitely a positive, um, but by no means essential because I do know they cost money, but I like the one I have and I think it's... Uh, it's definitely a good thing to have. Uh, next question is is kind of how do you transition from off season to in season training? I think off season training is really where you build your base and your foundation for the end season. Um, that's where you're going to be focusing on your speed work. That's where you're going to be focusing on your sprint mechanics. Um, spending a lot of time to do that because speed is probably the hardest quality to develop and it takes the longest time. Most of the time, we only start to do it like a couple of weeks before a championship in a typical GAA you know, club, whereas really you should be doing it the first week of, of off-season because it takes so long to develop, especially when you're looking at running mechanics too. Um, so off-season priority should be develop your running mechanics, practice sprinting more um, so you can actually help to increase your acceleration, your speed. Then with regards to fitness, I would be doing uh, aerobic work. So... Early off season, I would probably do longer runs, 3K, 5K runs. Um, do that a couple times a week. Build up your overall base, your overall volume with that there. And then as the weeks progress on, I would probably start to bring it down, look at more interval style training. Maybe look at like tempo uh, tempo intervals, which are a really good way to build up the aerobic system. You're doing a good game speed, so that it actually translates a bit better to, to Gaelic or football than uh, a long distance run would be at a slower speed. And then with regards to gym work, I would be focusing on getting stronger. Uh, that's just, a doesn't matter what your goals are, getting stronger should always be a priority. And then I would start to look at any specific goals you may have. So maybe you want to lose weight, maybe you want to gain weight, so your program's going to differ for that. Maybe you've got some problems area, some problem areas you need to work on. You maybe have come back from a hamstring injury, so you need to do some work on the hamstrings. So that's really going to dictate how your program is going to look, but I would I would break it up into those three ways of develop speed, develop a good base of fitness, and then develop your strength. And then once you come to end season, it's really a case of keeping those things ticking over. So the strength work, is it's just do the minimum effective work, go in, do a couple of sets of each exercise, get out again, and just maintain that strength. And then with the speed work, it's just keep topping it up throughout the season, keep doing your sprint work. Um, it's going to be topped up anyway when you're playing matches. But keep working at that. Um, and you don't need a ton of volume or, or big sessions for that. You maybe only need one or two sprints in a week. And that could be enough if you're doing it at the right intensity. And then with regards to fitness, you're sort of hoping that your your match work and your, your pitch training is going is to take care of that, maintain it for you. Now, maybe you're in a position where you're not starting or you're not getting as much game time as you'd like. Then I would start to look at keeping doing the, the tempo intervals um, that you were doing in the preseason. They're not going to be overly fatiguing on you, so you can still go out and train and play, but they're going to help build up that base of fitness, which you might be lacking in. So you think about that there. Um, and then is CrossFit a good idea? Is it overtraining? Um, can it be a good method? It's kind of a tough one to answer um, because CrossFit is one of them sports that you could do it a lot of different ways. You know, if you're talking about going in and doing lots of Olympic lifts, um, doing a lot of maybe aerobic fitness work, that sounds pretty good, but maybe 
someone else in a different box might have you doing loads of metcons, uh, loads of real high volume work, and that's probably going to lead to a wee bit more uh, fatigue and overtraining, especially if you don't recover properly. So I think CrossFit's one of them ones you just have to be wary of the volume that you're doing. You know, think about think about really you want to develop your strength um and if you're doing a ton of work that's real high high reps it's probably not going to be as as good for building strength as as maybe some traditional strength work will be but i do think crossfit definitely has its merits i think it's enjoyable because it's because it's competitive definitely know you've done a good workout um but i think you just have to be careful of the overall volume if it was me um coming in the pre-season like an I would maybe do like one session a week if I was going to do it, just to get to do it, something different, have a bit of crack. But I don't think I would base my entire preseason program on that. Um, now, I could be wrong. Maybe some people haven't got good results. And if you have, um, let me know. But uh, I think, you know, the folks should be in build strength, um, build your aerobic fitness. If you can do that with CrossFit and in the program that you're doing, then that's great. But if it's more high volume work or work that's really just designed to break you, then that's probably not the best idea. But it really depends on your CrossFit coach, depends on your box, what sort of style of train they do, and that's going to differ. Um, so I hope I can answer that. And it was a bit kind of iffy in that one, but uh, that's how I would probably think about CrossFit. It can be good, but it definitely has the potential to be to be dodgy enough as well. So just be aware of that. Um, next question is, you know, how do you stay committed? How do you stay motivated to training and I'm not going to lie that that is definitely a that is definitely a tough one. Um, I think sometimes people think because you're a PT or because you're a trainer that it's easy for you. You love training. You could just train every day. But there's sometimes I'm in the gym. The last place I want to be is in the fucking gym. I just want to get straight out again. So for me, staying committed and motivated is tough, and I, I have to have those goals in my head. And right now, the thing that's keeping me committed is is Gaelic. Really, the main reason why I'm I'm continuing to train is because I want to make sure that every player I go up against, I know that I've put in work. That even if they even if I get beat, I can say, well, I still put in enough work. Because if I stop training now and then I go out and get roasted, they'll think that's maybe because I didn't put in the work I could have done, and uh, or else maybe I might go out and get injured, and maybe that's because I didn't do the work. Maybe that's because I didn't do the session. So, you know, I I think. In order to be motivated or committed, you have to have a good goal and a good reason behind what you're doing. So if you're out there and you're losing motivation, you're losing commitment, then find a new goal, you know, and that could be going to a new gym. It could be getting a new coach. It could be uh, setting a target down the line. It could be something like fucking run the marathon, enter in a powerlifting competition, whatever it is. But you need a good goal to keep you motivated because it doesn't matter who you are. If you don't have anything to chase, it's going to be very hard to, to go and train. Um, especially if you're someone that has to train by themselves, uh, maybe train at the house or whatever, it's going to be tough. So in terms of staying committed, motivated, you need to have a goal. Find a goal, set a plan in place, be consistent, and that'll definitely help. But without that, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a long journey. Uh, last couple of questions then is, is uh, related to past sort of Gaelic season. Um, the first one is, they fancy Dublin for the All-Ireland. I think it's very difficult to argue against them. I was down to watch the last two games in Croke Park and they're so impressive. Like, athletically, so well-developed, every single one of them. Like, even you look at Conor Callaghan in the past year, how much he's developed, along with the other players that you maybe don't realise. 
they're a serious bunch of athletes. Um, and then you look at how they play the game, the way they transition up and down the pitch. They have really no weak links. They're so impressive. Their forward line very rarely misses. Their forward line is a strong, physical. You know, and then you look everywhere else in the pitch. Their midfield's probably the most dominant in Gaelic over the past few while. Brian Finn's been roasting everybody. Um, it's hard to pick out a weakness. I think Kerry are definitely a great side and probably one of the teams that have the best chance of beating them. You know, their full forward line is so impressive. You have Clifford in there, who has been doing really amazing things in his first year. But I don't know. I just I can't see anybody beating Dublin. We'll see if I'm wrong or not, but um, they've been so impressive for the past while it would be a surprise if, if there was anyone that could beat them. But only time will tell. And that brings on the kind of last question, the current best players. It's a tough one. Um, I know who I've enjoyed kind of watching most this year. Like, I love watching the midfielder. So, um, Brent Fenton has been great to watch in the games. I think just the balance between athleticism and skill is, is really amazing. Not many other midfielders have that. Big David Moore and those guys, love watching them. I think they're brilliant. Um, I think, though, you're talking about the best players, like, Michael Murphy probably is still the goat like um in terms as a leader on the pitch in terms of the top quality player he's got it all like um and I think whenever he's not even at full forward you probably don't see the best of him um so we maybe haven't seen the best of him over the past while but he's still still unbelievable I think for me he's probably the best player in Ireland um if I was picking a team he'd be my number one and then after that there you know, I think you're probably talking, you have a few players in the Dublin team you could pick from. Uh, Conor Callaghan's had a brilliant year. Uh, Paul Mannion's been playing really well. Brian Fenton, as I said. Jack McCaffrey's also had a great year. Um, then looking maybe at the other teams, I think Tyrone's been really good. Uh, Rona McNamee in fullback has been really impressive this season. Uh, Callum McShane, obviously really impressive in full forward. So it's really difficult to, to try and pick a couple of players, but... Um, I think Michael Murphy is 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 the goat. Like, um, got to give credit to him there. I think he's he's got the complete package for a Gaelic player, and I still think there's a lot more to come from him. So it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of seasons. I kind of hope Donegal get a good run in All Ireland next year because um, I thought they maybe would want to be a bit further this year. I think they're a great side. And uh, that kind of ends the first podcast. Um, I think that was good how it grouped the different questions together there. The Thanks for the ones that sent in the questions because they were all pretty good. I hope you've enjoyed that there. That for me was really just get the first podcast out of the way, kind of kick away a bit of the nerves, get used to how this whole thing works because I'm still working out how to upload this, how to do that. So um, it's an experience and uh, I enjoyed doing this one here today. I have got a guest lined up for the next uh, episode and um, I'm hoping that I can get episodes coming each week. So, you know, it really helps if you can download this, you can share it with ones and... Uh, whenever we start to get guests on if we have more people downloading it's, it's definitely going to help so uh yeah thanks very much for listening hope you enjoyed it please share it around put it up in your instagram stories all that kind of shit but uh yeah i'll catch you in the next one of the ga and gym podcast so see you then